I invite you to turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 18 for just a moment. And mind you today, my intention is not to impress anybody but God. Please understand that. I read this morning, if the praise of men makes me feel better, then the criticism of men will make me feel worse. If I, as the man of God, am here today to please you, then I've failed completely. You ought to be here today because you want to hear from God, not from me. The Bible says men... Verse 1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. The verse actually says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then he illustrates the principle, verse 2, saying there was a, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Verse 1, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Continually knocking on the door of God. Standing outside the place of blessing, continual knocking, asking, begging, pleading, trusting, believing that God answers prayer. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him? Verse 1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Verse 7, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge him speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Wouldn't it be a whole lot better off instead of jumping on everybody, you jumped on God for a while? Wouldn't it be something before you develop hoof and mouth disease, open your mouth, insert foot, it would be wise to go to God and ask him for his counsel before we do that. When it's something before we made a phone call or text, we might call heaven and say, should we do this? Or maybe, Lord, could you do a better job of this than I can? Men ought always to pray. Then he gives a story. Verse 9, he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves. Do you know anybody likes to handle a job all by themselves? Do you know anybody that said, I can handle this? <laughs> by the way, these folk went to church. They were religious folks. 
those trusting in themselves that they were righteous better than somebody else and despised others. They're not up to my level yet. Two men went up to the temple to pray. And one a Pharisee, the other a publican. You seen any Pharisees lately? So how do you recognize them? Well, they're the spiritual ones walking around with their nose so far in the air. If it rains, they'll drown. You know, holier than thou, look at me. They might even pray in King James English. Who knows? The publican, just a sinner, unworthy. Didn't smell right, probably didn't dress right. If it was a she, her skirt was a little short. If it was a he, you had shorts a little short. And a Pharisee, a religious nut, and a publican went up to pray. Don't forget now, verse 1, the text, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Subject is prayer. Two men's going to pray. Have you ever heard anybody pray in public? Our Father, or, 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 Rehoboam, Jeroboam, all that born, born. I wonder if that's the way he talks to his wife. Dear wife, 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 would you please get middles ready for me, for I'm about ready to eat. Or he could say, honey, is dinner ready? We're going to have fun. I can tell that already. And the Pharisee stood, prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Extortioners, I know how to handle my money. Unjust, adulterers are even as this publican. I fast twice in a week, only because he's too tight to buy hamburgers, probably. And I give tithes of all my possessions. And the publican standing far off would not lift up so much his eyes unto heaven, but smote up on his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You want to know how to pray? Pick one of them, pick up. Now notice verse 14. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be Let's pray. Our Father, we need your help. Now, Lord, expedite the message. May it not be beleaguered. May it not linger. May it not be boring. May it not be that which would turn folks off, but, Lord, that which would be an aid, a help, an encouragement, and an uplifting subject today. I thank you and praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What the church needs today is not more machinery, better buildings, eloquent speaking, new organization, or more modern methods. What the church needs today are men whom the Holy Ghost can use. Men that the Holy Ghost can use. Men of prayer, men of power, men of might. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods or machinery. The Holy Ghost flows through men. I wonder today, is there such a man in this place? that would allow the Holy Ghost of God to flow through you to the rest of your family.
that the Holy Ghost could consume and be completely in charge of you. What the church needs today are men that will pray. Men that will earnestly seek the face of God and men who will not. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to take. If I should die before I wake, I'll be awake whenever I wake up. Men of prayer. Notice what it said. Men ought always to do what? Pray. The disciples in the book of Luke chapter 11 asked the Lord this question. Lord, teach us to pray. But no place in all the Bible do you ever hear those disciples, Lord, teach us to preach. No place in all the Bible does it ever say, Lord, teach us to be faithful to church. No place in all the Bible does it ever say, Lord, teach us to be soul winners. Nor teach us to tithe, but he does say, the disciples do see the need to pray because he asked, they ask him, teach us to pray. Now I wonder why they asked the Lord to teach them to pray. Perhaps they were there the day when he turned the few fish and a few loaves into enough to feed the multitude. And the Bible said when he had taken those things and he had prayed, he dispersed all the food. Do you think maybe in the congregation of the disciples he could have got a holy wow there? You know why they taught, why they asked Jesus to teach him to pray? Because they had witnessed our Lord's prayer life. Before our Lord chose the disciples, he prayed. Before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he prayed. Before he went to Calvary to hang, there for mine and your sins, the Bible said he prayed as if were great drops of blood fall into the ground. They had witnessed our Lord's prayer life. If America and our church needs anything today, it's to get back to old-fashioned Holy Ghost, heaven moving, hell shunning, heaven going kind of praying. It's not popular unless you turn to the pages of the Word of God. And then it gets popular. Jeremiah 33.3 Call unto me. And I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Are you acquainted with Jeremiah? Most of us are acquainted with Obama. And Obama plan. Are you acquainted with call unto me? And I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The book of Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will heal from heaven and heal their land. Does our land need healing today? Is there a need for healing in America today? Is there a cancer in America that needs to be healed? Has leprosy overtaken this country and taken it down the drain of immorality? Does our land need healed today? Well, you're going to complain about it or answer God and do what God says and pray. Romans 8 and 26, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession. Uh, I like this. Maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
Holy Spirit of God in our heart, praying for what we know not what to pray, verbalizing what we cannot verbalize, getting a hold of the throne of God when we're too busy to get a hold of the throne of God and we just kneel and don't know what to say. Hey, why don't you just shut up and let God talk a while? Just be quiet for a while. Have you ever been to a prayer meeting where somebody just said, Our Father, and didn't say anything for a while? And we start peeking to see if the guy died. Right? Come on. Are you listening to me? Let's just talk about prayer for a little while. You say, preacher, I don't know how to pray. Join the crowd. Just bow your head. Get your body in the right position. Get your mind in the right position. Get your soul in the right position. And pray with God. And all that is within you, I mean, just yield it to Him and let Him listen to you for a while. Oh, you say, you old, old man's gone crazy. Yeah, but I'm having more fun than you are. Matthew 21 and 22, all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Mark 11, 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Think maybe some of us living below the blessings of God. I think maybe some of us are too busy trying to do our own thing when God looks down and says, look at all that dust. Don't you think it would have been a lot better off, God, is saying if they'd asked me before they started plowing? God sees all the dust we're making and all the mistakes we're making. He says, you know, if they'd just asked me, I'd give them the desires of their heart. John 15, verse 7, Bide in me, and my word bide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. But think, John 14, verse 13, For whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. But preacher, I'm just too busy to ask God. I think I'll do it myself. How's it going? (laughs) How's it going? John 16, verse 23, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it you and won't charge any interest. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, I ask, and it shall be, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. I just thought I'd drop a few verses on you today to kind of show you that it would probably be to your benefit and my benefit if we begin to pray. First Peter 3 and 12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Oh, you say, preacher, we pray. Yeah, probably when we get in trouble. Probably some of the church members do more good for my prayer life than any, any, anything I can mention. Because the first time their wife tells them that their nose is on crooked or their breath smells, they call the preacher and say, pray, my home's a mess. And they'll call every day saying, preacher, are you praying? Preacher, are you praying? Preacher, are you praying? Praying, praying. We all pray when we get our nose in the crack. Uh, we pray pretty good when the doctor says it's cancer. That, 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 that livens up our prayer life real good whenever somebody in the family gets desperately sick. God didn't say pray when you get in trouble. He said men ought always to pray. 
closed the book of Thessalonians out when he said, pray without ceasing. I think we've turned that verse around. Cease praying instead of pray without ceasing. Come on, say amen now. No, I'm not on your case. I'm just trying to encourage us. Bless your heart. There ain't nothing wrong with us that prayer can't fix. There's nothing wrong with this nation prayer cannot fix. And God will fix it whenever he thinks it needs fixed. But I think he's listening for a lot of saints of God to say something tonight. You say, well, preacher, I'm in debt and I, I, need, a, I need to work. Well, you need to pray God to give you health to work first. Yeah, it's easy to pray when the bank statement comes in. It's a lot easier to pray when that little letter from the IRS comes in. I tell you when it gets easier to pray, when your teenager turns 12 or 13 or 14 and starts wanting a little independence they haven't had yet. And their friends down at school can do stuff that they're not being allowed to do. And then they start kicking against the pricks. And mom and daddy starts giving in. And everything starts falling apart. And then when they get a little bit older, daddy and mama still tries to treat them like they're in dieties. It's called the generation gap. It's when the kids grow up faster than the parents do. I lost my amens. Amen, Reverend, we need to pray. What you looking at? I've raised six teenagers. Don't get on my case. You don't know what you're talking about. No, you don't know what I'm talking about. That's the problem. You did not arrive in this world with a holy stick sticking out of your head. And some of our teenagers are so much smarter than our parents, it's as unreal. I raised six of them. All of them looked at me like I was dumb about 95% of the time. And the problem with that, they were right 90% of the time. Amen. Oh, yes, we'll pray when them teenagers get to be teenagers. We'll pray because their appearance starts changing, their hair starts changing colors. Huh? They start pinning their face together so it won't fall apart. Some even puts pins in their tongue to keep it in their mouth. And we just don't understand that. And they start dressing <laughs> like we told them they couldn't. We'll pray when that starts happening. Don't you think it'd be better if we started praying before that happened? Don't you think it'd be better for them to see that our Christianity is real? And it's real in the prayer closet. It's real at the dinner table. It's real down at the job. It's real everywhere in the world. The Bible says men ought always to pray and not to faint. I, I just think maybe, and when the clouds of doubt arise over the relationship, when we first started the church years ago, I had to preach out revival meetings to pay the bills because that's just the way it was. I'd preach out a week, and I'd get a love offering. I'd bring the love offering back to the church and put it in the church, and we'd pay light bills and stuff and so forth and so on. And back when I was traveling a lot in evangelism, I had a family that really was having difficulty and my advice is not always good advice. Don't always take my advice. It's my advice. It's not your advice. If you come to my office and you say, Preach, I want your advice. If you do that, remember, it's my advice. It may not work on you. In fact, it didn't work on me. In fact, it's still working on me. And my advice is not always 
psychological correct. Most of my counseling is backyard, barnyard, redneck counseling. So, a man was running around on his wife, and she couldn't get his attention. So I told her to steal some of his money. My advice, not yours. And she stole $42,000 from him. Somehow or another, it got his attention. I got uh, 20000 of it. That's what a hard brother Marshall went. Amen. That's better than snuff, Marshall. That's better than snuff. Not near dusty. To get to my point, after the lady got the husband's attention, it was prayer time. And every day, sometimes three times a day, He'd call me out of state and say, Preacher, let's pray. I didn't have to guess what he was praying about. (laughs) Let's pray. He did more for my prayer life in three weeks than God has done in 49 years. We always pray when we get in trouble. We will pray when the clouds of doubt begins to hover over our relationship and mama ain't mama anymore and mama's losing weight and mama's fixing her hair when she goes to work but she's not too concerned about the hair while she's at the house. It's easy to pray when the clouds of doubt begins to swell over our But it is not God's plan for us to pray only when we're in trouble. It is God's plan that we pray always. Have you ever lived in a generation such as we live? We live in a generation called the why generation. That's my terminology, why. Everybody wants to know why. I don't ever remember in my lifetime, and I'm 56 now, going on 100. I don't ever remember asking my dad why. I don't want you. The next time he did it through toothless gums. I don't ever remember asking a teacher why. I don't ever remember asking an employer why. But we Christians, we want to know why. Why this? Why should I dress this way? And why should I not go there? And why should I... You know, one more shooting and a drive at a theater, folk going to quit going to the movies, I, I'm going to have to lose about half my preaching. I just don't understand why we Christians got to know why. Men ought to always to pray. That is not only a possibility. That is not only a privilege, but the word ought brings with an obligation. Men ought. Men are obligated. Christian men ought to feel the very necessity deep in their empty soul to pray 
to have a relationship and fellowship with God. Well, preacher, why should I pray? It's a good question. Why should you pray when you've got so many other things you need to do? Well, just how's it going around your place? Well, preacher, why should I pray? I got everything in the world I need except brains. Now, let's go on. Why should I pray? We are addicted to everything in the world. We are addicted to the world to the nth degree. We're addicted to comfort and pleasure and materialism up to our ears. And we ask why we should pray. Any man that's got two hankies needs two noses. I'm not feeling in another pocket. I may have another one someplace else. Men ought always to pray. Always have a hanky. For the next three weeks, two weeks or so, I'm going to try my dead level best to teach our church why we should pray. Because I feel honestly that we have a prayerless church. We may pray, but do we pray like God wants us to pray? Do we pray with a fervency that our Lord prayed with in the garden when he wrestled about the will of God and so fervently wrestled with He sweat, he perspired as drops of blood fell to the ground. Do we wrestle with God as Jacob did of old? Yonder, when the angel said, let me go, and Jacob said, I will not turn loose until you bless. We're busy blessing everybody else. Blessing them out most generally. Criticizing them for the way they act. When we ought to be wrestling with God to change the way we think and the way we act. Your first call ought not be to the preacher, it ought to be to God. He's the complaint department. He's the only one can change it anyhow. Amen. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go. That's half of the introduction on the message entitled, On Why Should We Pray? Let me give you the thought for the day. We should pray because God said to. And Hoss, he's the boss. I can look at your face and see your need of prayer. Because your face is nothing more than the manifestation of your heart. And the only one that can fix a heart is God the God who created the heart. For out of the heart flows the issues of life. And with the heart man believeth. And may I say to you today, we ought to pray because God told us to. You see, before I got saved, I'm just, it's two minutes after twelve. And I'm just about done. Before I got saved, 
I had my own idea on how to make it. Did any of you have your idea? The Bible said men ought always to pray and not to faint, and that means all men, mankind, everyone, everywhere are commanded to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Matthew 26, verse 41, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The question I would pose to you today, if you had to pray, what message could you have missed? What mistakes you would have made, what may not have made? And what unthought words were spoken that you cannot take back. And what scars you placed on hearts that you can never eradicate. If only we had been obedient to God and prayed. Prayer changes things and changes people. But what's so good is prayer changes the prayer more than it does the prayed for. Jesus knew we needed to pray. Jesus prayed regularly about everything. And all of God's people wouldn't it be something if our kids started praying right now? Our young folks, our young adults over here begin to pray right now. Lord, send a boy by whose breath does not smell. Send a young lady by. who knows what she wants and will wait until he comes by. And will pray for a young man who will respect her and respect who she is and protect her. I bet if they had that kind of example at the house. Let me ask you something, Mama. What if your girl is looking for a husband like you got? We might ought to pray. Come on now. I don't, some of you folks, halo's on crooked. Hey, fella, what if your son looking for one like you got. <laughs> then you ought to thank God if you've been blessed. Well, I know who's going to get dinner this evening. Why should we pray? Bottom line. God said to. God wants to commune with us. God wants to communicate with us. And you can't know anybody that you don't communicate with. How can you say you know our Lord if you never pray? How do you know what he wants you to do if you don't pray? I tell you what this old world will do. It'll mix you up. It really will. But I'll tell you what the Lord will do. He'll straighten you up. Huh? Listen now, can I tell you, can I? And he, he will keep him in perfect peace. Get that? Perfect peace. You don't get that out of a bottle. You can't get that down at the pharmacy. And he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. 
because in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Trust in the Lord. He will keep you in perfect peace. I just think maybe our church could stand a little prayer closet. A lot less secret closet and a whole lot more prayer closet. Amen. Well, it's seven minutes after 12, and I'm almost done. Why should I pray? Now listen, I'm going to close with this one. Because it's God's way of us getting things. See, before I got saved, I got my own thing. Before I got saved, I had my own plans. Before I got saved, I just believed that I got by working and planning and scheming and by accident and insurance and every other thing in the world. When I got saved, I read something. Listen to me. Now listen. Give us this day. Or what? Oh. You mean it's not by works of righteousness which we've done. Give us this day. He said you have not because you ask not. I read this morning but his delight is in the law of the Lord and the Bible said he that delighteth in the Lord he shall give him the desires of his heart now I said one day that I pray according to the will of God and the will of God is the Word of God. How many folk believe that? You believe that? Let me ask you something right before we go. I'm going to pray now, in a little while, for the best coon dog in Joshua, Texas. Desires of my heart is a coon dog that will treat nothing but raccoons. And I pray 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 and I pray, 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 pray. And I still got a sorry dog. Now, the question is, is it God's will I have this dog? Do I want the dog to consume it up on my lust or to win people to Christ? Here's what you've got to realize. It's okay to ask. Just don't get mad when he don't answer like you want him to answer. Now, when Andrew was six years old, I started teaching him how to buy cows and livestock at the sale. And we'd, we'd go to the sale, and Andrew would be betting on them cows, $100, $200, 300 400 $900. I looked at him and says, kid, know what he's doing? I said, no, he's an orphan. I picked him up outside, just uh, picked him out in the road. Six-year-old kids don't have any idea how much a $100 bill is worth. Sorry, just don't. Christians who've been saved two or three weeks, God can't trust you with anything. Some of us have been saved 100 years, can't trust us. Come on, is that right? That does not negate that God won't do it for us. It just may be God's timing is not right. Amen? And if you get so right with God that you don't want anything but what He wants, then what He gives you will be used for His glory. 
and herein is the Father glorified. Praying is how we get things. That's just bottom line. We do that because we don't ask. Didn't somebody say you have not because what? Somebody tell me. Huh? Well, I'll just go get me a job. No, I'll get me two jobs. No, I'll get me three jobs and I'll get what I want. Hey, what'd be wrong praying about? Well, you don't have time. You got too many jobs. Hello? Is anybody home? What I'll do, I'll, I'll just connive a little bit, and I'll, I'll invest here, and I'll invest there, and I'll switch paper, and I'll change paper, and I'll switch banks, and I'll get it. Yeah, but you ain't going to like what you get when you get it. God says, give us this day our daily bread. And I just think maybe... If you want a good job, and you want a better job, it'd be better to ask God about it than to be run down here to one of these gas companies that had a sudden explosion in West Texas. And you move all of your family to West Texas for $10 more a week. And you move all of your dogs and all of your cats and all your fleas and get out there and you don't act, make enough money to feed the fleas, let alone the cats and the dogs. And you say, well, God opened the job. No, 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 no. God did not open that job. You didn't even pray about it. Now you're praying because you need to get back home. How do we raise a happy family? But quit acting like Hitler and start letting God do some of it. The tough day when I realized Andrew had a brain. Yesterday. If I raised a 20-year-old thumb-sucking introvert, that's my fault. Man, you pray over your kids. You pray over your family. And trust the God you're praying to is big enough to do what you're asking and stay out of his way. I asked the president of a college one time to kick my boy out of school. I'd kick him out. He's sorry. It wasn't Andrew. It was, he's blooded like Andrew. He acts like Andrew. Says daddy real good. But I asked, I asked Dr. Martin kicked the little sorry sucker out. He knew he ought not been doing that. And the president of the college said, Preacher, let's give him some room for growth. Wow. Let's give him some room for growth. He's pastor of church today. Let's give him a room for growth. What's wrong with us praying and then giving our kids room for growth? I'm telling you, it would be a lot better if we started praying. Quit all this dictating. Criticism. Judgmental attitudes. Did I say I was going to close? How can we have a better church if we all started praying that God would give us a better church? How can you have a better preacher? Pray God would kill me. And Andrew take over. <laughs> but you start praying, God kill me, I'll promise you, I'll reverse the charges. <laughs> this is funny. We'll, we'll go. I was pastor of church years ago. This, this, it, it, and man, we had the church had just grown by leaps and bounds. I took it, it had 93 in it. And 
And uh, six weeks later, we was averaging close to 600 uh, in, in Sunday school. And offerings had just bloomed. And uh, Deacon said we couldn't buy buses, so I went and bought some buses. <laughs> we was having a little, little disturbance going on there once in a while. After I got through preaching one Sunday morning, I had a bunch of folks say, and a fellow came to my office and said, Preacher, I got some bad news. I said, What's that? He said, I was talking to God this morning in prayer, and he told me it's time for you to resign. <laughs> That's a good it's all come on in, the water's fine. If you want to be a pastor, you just have at it. He actually walked in my office and said, Preacher, I was talking to God this morning, and he told me that it was time for you to resign. I'm just young. Thirty, maybe. I said, you know, brother, that's strange. I talked to God this morning. He didn't say anything to me about it. But I said, I'll tell you what he did tell me. You don't leave before Wednesday night. He told me to vote you out. He left. We don't need that. What we need, we need holy men, holy surrendered to God, holy women, holy surrendered to God, holy given over to God, mighty men, holy men, praying men, godly men. That's what we need. That's why Jesus said, men ought always to pray. If he had prayed, he had never put that tie on. <laughs> Got to be much a man to wear that tie. Yes, sir. Right? Can anybody say amen? Is there anybody here that probably needs to pray more? Is anybody here got a little bit too busy that we couldn't spend some more time in the prayer closet with God? Is anybody here today couldn't stand for Jesus to be a little bit more precious? Is anybody here today that couldn't be a little bit more lovely for Jesus? That's what we need. We need.